My name is Claudia Pribola, the Chief Operating Officer at the New Jersey Elder Law Center at Goldberg Law Group. In my role as COO, I am confronted daily with families in need, in need of attention, resources, and a plan. These families all have one thing in common, and they may not even know it. They all seek the one thing that their senior members can provide them, and that all parents might provide their children and grandchildren. They're looking to maintain their legacy. My name is Clelia Pergola, and I am here to focus on your legacy. Debbie Walpov, founder and CEO of Merck's Payments, has spent the past decade with business owners and finance executives to reduce merchant processing costs and provide the secure technology for processing electronic payments. With a focus on professional services, wholesale, e-commerce, large nonprofit, retail and hospitality accounts, she uses a service-oriented approach to create customized solutions that cater to the specific needs of her client base. Passionate about community service, and I know this firsthand, Debbie is an active member, or I should say a very active member of the Morris County Chamber of Commerce by serving as a chairperson for the Women in Business Program for three years and a member of the Board of Directors. She is the MNT Bank Woman of Achievement Award winner Leading Women Entrepreneur in 2018, and Boy Scouts 2015 Tribute to Women Award. Welcome, Debbie Wolfhoff. Thank you, Clelia. I'm happy to be here. So happy. I am so happy that you are my first guest. I can't even tell you. You are someone that I look up to, and I'm so excited to have this conversation. But before we really dive into it, Okay. I have to know, what did you do during the pandemic? Did you, did you start, did you start like a new, I can't, I can't even say a new workout routine because you, you're like the workout queen, but um, maybe like cooking or binge watching shows. So it's very interesting. We were empty nesters. And when the pandemic hit, my grown children came back to my house. My husband who travels all the time sheltered in place and we were home for eight months and I had to go back to the basics. I continued to wake up early to work out and my husband would say, why are you getting up so early? Don't you want to shorten the day? But I had to because then everyone else was going to go work out and I needed to start my day, get food on the table, which I hadn't done in five, six years. So my first meal when they came home, the rice was undercooked, the chicken was burnt, everything. <laughs> and so it was like, oh my God, get it together, Deb. You know how to do this. And it got to the point where I was cooking every single night and enjoying it for a family. I was taking pictures, I was experimenting. So, you know, I went back to basics, plus I did follow and incorporate Amy Arvery at the time was doing a free meditation at 8 a.m. and 7 p.m. 
And it was my only escape from the family, right? Because we're in lockdown. Everyone's there's like only so many places you can hide. And I would put on my earphones and say, it's meditation time. So that is one of the other things I added to my day, just to have a few minutes to just debrief, be calm, and help your best self get out and, and propel forward because there are a lot of adults in my house relying on me and my clients relying on me. And the world was, especially at the beginning, was, you know, so the fear of the unknown. That's what I call it. The fear of the unknown. Stock market was diving. People were getting sick. You didn't, you know, when you went to the supermarket, you didn't know. Could that be a person that infected you? So it's just so many unknowns. And, you know, when you're a person that's pretty regimented and knows what your day is going to look like, it was a little overwhelming. And so just to in- keep to my exercise routine, keep to my healthy eating, making sure my family was well taken care of. Plus, I literally was cleaning like a lunatic. I even got <laughs> knee pads because I was on the floor constantly. No, you didn't. Floor. I did. And I have them. I have them. I could have used them for Habitat on Wednesday. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why we didn't see that post on social media. <laughs> I have a picture and I'll send it to you of me on my knees behind a toilet from a picture from behind. <laughs> I did not post that one. Just a big picture yes. behind. Yeah, I, I'll have to. I'll have to see it before we post it for everybody yes. watching. Yes. You are this entrepreneur, and you're always all over the place. You're always helping everyone. You're always positive, well spoken, put together. I, I mean, I could go on and on, but you were you always. Like before the pandemic, were you always like this? Like where everything at least appeared to be all together and you found time. I think it's so important to find quiet time. Did you have that quiet time before the pandemic? So I I probably had a little bit more time before the pandemic, especially when my husband was traveling and my kids weren't here. But I've always been regimented and I've always tried to uh, follow sort of what, what we learned at, at the one thing without knowing about the one thing, you know, trying to stay focused and have, and make sure I do stuff for me, for my body, for my mind, because I know if I don't take care of my feed, my fuel, my body the right way and fuel my brain and try and get as much sleep, which doesn't always happen. I'm not my best self. Right. And if I'm too tired and I blow off exercise or blow off just getting fresh air, I could see the difference. When my kids were little, I used to, in the afternoons, go and walk to pick them up. There's something about just a 15-minute breath of fresh air. So I made sure also during the pandemic that I took up, you know, because there are only so many hours you can listen to you know, very upsetting stories from, you know, some of my, my customers were going through huge chargeback issues where 
customers dispute or didn't get their goods of services, like my travel agent, my wedding photographer. And so you feel for these accounts and you feel for um, every, you know, your kids, what they were going through, my husband and his business and your families and being isolated. 15 minutes of oxygen. I didn't care how cold it was, mm-hmm. how windy, how hot. It was just that 15 minutes to reset, regroup, and then power through. Because if you keep powering through and fuel, you'll, mm-hmm. you'll, you'll, you'll crash and burn. And so I guess I've learned that many, many, many years ago, always by being a working mom or even when I was a stay-at-home mom volunteering, there's always some someone that needs your attention. So if you give yourself a little time in the morning to take care of what you need to take care of, so you bring your best self to the office, to the home, to the workplace, to, to networking. I mean, talk about networking. We were Zoom networking. Here, you, you know, you hear in the background, my husband's having, you know, a customer going out of business, owing him a this happening, that happening. And you just have to fake it till you make it. But if you're really not feeling well and you're getting yourself down, it, it, it's hard. It's hard to inspire. It's hard to um, gain trust. And so being your best authentic self is one of the foundations that I've had for a very long time. I am who I am. And, you know, but I know what makes me better and I know what makes me worse. (laughs) First off, I always say fake it. So you make it like, that was like my thing. Okay. Like starting out in the business world in at 26 years old, like everyone was like, always like, she's so cute. And then I was like, oh my God. Or people would call me Eric's assistant. And that would drive me insane. Absolutely. And I learned to just be myself not take in everyone's preconceived notions of me and just help people for what they needed at that time. But it's, it's so true. Like I've learned I'm you're wise beyond your years. And I feel like I am, but I'm surrounded by you fabulous women. So I feel like I'm like behind, but I recently learned that being an empath. And I think that you are is it's a, it's a blessing and a curse because all that energy does affect you because you take it in and you have to learn to take that time. I used to go in my closet during COVID and for five minutes and just take a mental break from like all the noise and all the voices. And like you said, the stories and that way you can, like you said, be authentic and, and recharge and get back to who you are and not all the stories and surroundings that you were taking in. So, um, so I'm glad that you got back to basics. It seems like a lot of people got back to basics. And I thought that that was, that's such a blessing. I mean, the, uh, I'm from Italy. So I, I know that like Venice's waters cleared up and dolphins came in. So I think, even our earth went back to basics. I think that's just so beautiful. It's the unintended consequences of a global pandemic, right? Family first. Yes. Family first. We took, I took, I'm not 
I took things for granted. Mm. Going for dinner, going to a show, going in my, into a, a supermarket without, you know, a hazmat suit on. <laughs> leaving, the, leaving the groceries outside for four hours with disinfectant before you brought it inside. My girlfriend did that for so long that there's a diabetic squirrel that ate one of her cakes that was delivered outside because by the time <laughs> she unmasked the cake, the cake was half devoured. So there's some squirrel out there needing insulin someplace. <laughs> or very happy yes. under a tree somewhere. Yes, yes. But it gave us time to be with ourselves and with our family. And as you know, my father passed away halfway through the pandemic, three quarters away through the pandemic. But because my children, my grown children were home, we were able to visit social distanced every week, visit my parents. That would have never happened for seven months. We saw my mother and father every single week. We brought lunch. We sat on the driveway. It was like from the olden days, from, from, from the tenements or when they lived, you know, in the Bronx and Brooklyn. And we just picnicked, depending on the weather, inside their garage, outside their garage. And I never wish for this ever happened to again, but you have to acknowledge the positives, the family, the friends, appreciation for mother nature as well. So I, and I'm sorry about your, your father. I, I was very lucky to have known your, your father. He was a very funny man. Um, (laughs) I don't even know if I want to say the funny joke (laughs) that I will never forget. Uh, Maybe I'll let you share that story, but, um, and I will also have a relationship with your mom. I miss her very much. Um, but it's true. It's you have to take the positive out of the negative. Otherwise you just get stuck. And so, um, it may be too soon for you, but I'd love to ask if you think about your parents, right. At any point in their life, whatever point, that comes to mind what are the things that you think about if you were to describe Lester and Rosalind my parents were great role models they made it look easy they gave us love we they nurtured us we were allowed to have lots of freedoms but also responsibilities. Probably we need a few more responsibilities, but it was, you know, you have to understand my father was born in the depression. And so when he bought his first home in Rockland County, he said, don't tell grandma how much it cost. She couldn't understand how much it cost. And then he moved to Englewood and he said the same thing. And then they moved to North Hamilton and said the same thing. And so from a humble, humble beginning, he lived on the couch in his parents' two-bedroom apartment, I think until he was married and he got married really late, like 34 years old. So he taught us how to value, value what we have, value 
our relationships and really, really strive to not only appreciate it, but, but also to give back. Really, after he passed, so many people reached out to tell me how he touched them. So my philosophy in business is to make a difference. My philosophy when I was running women in business was to make a difference. They, my parents really made a difference. And I, my sister and I, my mother received such wonderful notes. I'll just tell you one story. So my um, little cousins on my mother's side were orphaned. They were like four and seven. And my sister and I were already out of the house in college. My parents were considering taking them in, but a friend took them in because it was his, hers, and theirs. They were had a lot of kids. My father made them cards, Lester's good guy cards, club cards, like you would get at BJ's or Costco. Okay. And every single month, I didn't realize this, for 13 years, would write them a handwritten note and put when they were little $5 in or $10 in or $20 in when they got older, just to let them know that someone cared and Mm. was thinking about them. 13 years, every month, handwritten note. That's why after I sign up a client, I send them a handwritten note. I don't stick a $5 bill in it, (laughs) (laughs) but it's just caring and letting, showing someone you care and being available before the pandemic, run, 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 right? Always running pandemic. We had to slow down. And so we had time and that time was Time is so valuable. It's our precious resource. And to utilize it to its maximum potential and do good and feel connected, that's all we want in this world, or that's all I want in this world. What an amazing story. I listen to those stories about people that write a handwritten card for 13 years. I don't even know if I could do it for 13 months. And I say to myself, I want to be like them. Like, like that's amazing. And, you know, my definition of legacy is the values that we leave behind with our family. And, you know, my grandparents are, came from humble beginnings as did I. And, I was rich in values. They, they taught me so much. Beautiful. And I see your father through you. I remember when you got the M&T award and I did something that morning because we weren't there to surprise you. And you came outside and and saw a sign on on your lawn. It was incredible. It was incredible. (laughs) It was incredible. I, if I if I was really good with my phone, I could pick it up right now. That was one of the nicest things anyone has ever done for me. I got flocked. Is that what it's called? Yes, yes, you got flocked. 
And so a friend did it to me and when I, for my birthday and I was really down at that time. And when I came out, it just made me smile and the feelings I'm going to get wrong with that Maya Angelou saying where you're, you don't remember what people say, say, but that you remember how how people feel. feel. So I, I love that. And like I said, you remind me of your father. He is living through you. He has definitely taught you the values of that, that 13 year writing the handwritten note, because after I did that, you then got me a book and I have that book and I have the uh, note that you put in it. And I was like, wait a second, she got the award. I was congratulating her. And she thanked me. So um, I know that your dad is just so proud of you for the person that you've become. And as a parent, I think that, and an, a, a woman entrepreneur is the, the values that you leave behind your children, watching them act in a certain manner. It's, it's the proudest moment anything hands down comparison to any award or accomplishment. So um, I know you're making him proud right now. Absolutely. And I do miss him dearly. I I have to interject one other story, which is quite, quite um, typical. So my mom is brutally honest. We know she's just says what she feels. And I've reconnected with an old girlfriend. So We lived parallel streets and we were best friends in third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade. I guess when we got to junior high in seventh grade, believe it or not, my mother was a substitute teacher in my junior high. And yes, I did, did my sister and I did have her sometimes. It's it's interesting, you know, talk about self-esteem anyway, my girlfriend started hanging out with the wrong crowd and, um, indulging in marijuana and wearing the feathered earrings back then it was sort of you know they were like deadheadish and my mother said something to her mother saying you know I don't like who Erica's hanging out with I don't she's wearing those feathered earrings and Erica's mother was defending Erica and said I bought her those earrings and that was kind of the end of our friendship until very recently when we reconnected, probably about seven, eight years ago. And she said to me, can you please tell your mother she was right? And she did warn my mother, I was hanging out with the wrong people and the wrong influence. That's so I mean, great. Maybe my mother went around it too brutally honest, <laughs> but she was right. And her intentions were good. That's, that's so true. And it's not like she was, she was disrespectful. And I think we uh, right now, how we're raising our children, unfortunately, we're not brutally honest. We, you know, our children are perfect and they're to do nothing wrong and everybody's a winner. Definitely not my children. uh, But I, (laughs) I do value those old school ways of parenting. Yes, yes. My father um, used to say, enough with the timeouts, the old wooden spoon. <laughs> I don't, but I, no, so, you know, 
I'm a believer in the women's game. I, I, I told uh, my son's golf instructor that uh, I'm going to give her the wooden spoon, not to use, just to kind of have there, just as like a reminder that mommy's always there, you know? So, always there. Uh, <laughs> always there. But your boys are perfect and they're adorable. And your family has grown along with that cute little puppy. Oh, my goodness. I, got, I finally got my girl. You finally got your girl. Yes. So parenting, like we said, is, is it's the biggest reward, but it's the hardest job. Mm -hmm. And the values that we leave behind uh, to me are the most important. And now that you're a mom and you've seen the fruits of your labor, right? Your children are older. They're beautiful. They're accomplished. uh, They have manners. How do you think, looking back on how your parents parented you guys, were, do you think that they were mindful of what they were doing? And are you more mindful of the way that you parent? Uh, you know, so it's very interesting you're asking me that question because we're both in Toastmasters. I'm giving a speech next week. I started putting some notes together. I think I'm just going to talk from the heart. But I think the parents of the 70s were just trying to get by. There was, maybe there was a Dr. Spock book. I don't know. I could go back, right? But they weren't delving into psychology or how to raise the best kids. And maybe our generation has spent too much time reading the books. Wait, am I doing this right? Or do we need the Ferber method? Or, you know, what does this person say? I'll check with YouTube. So I feel like, you know, there are this and this, and maybe we just need to, you know, incorporate, learn from our friends, learn from some resources, but also do what's right and make sure your values are there and you set the right parameters and examples for your kids. They know my husband and I work hard constantly. My husband runs his, uh, a business. He's always on the phone. If I could roll over at three o'clock in the morning and he could be answering an email, which is not good for his sleep pattern and which in turn is not good for my sleep pattern. But they see, you know, in order to achieve the next level in life, the next level in school, the next level in promotions, the next level in, in, in relationships, you need to invest time. You need to bring your authentic self and everything requires work. I met married next month, June 9th, 30 years. Wow. Party? Oh, 30 years requires work, right? Nothing comes without effort and compromise. And, you know, you learn. It's not always about getting your way or being right. It's Mm -hmm. about what makes sense for now and for later. And not like, don't sweat the small stuff. Don't fight on every issue. Some things are important and that's what we need to focus on. And again, another lesson of the pandemic. 
right? So it's many so, lessons. It's so true. And, and you know what? Someone told me, uh, a, a senior this week told me, be open to different opportunities that maybe doesn't look like an opportunity, doesn't look like you're meant to do it. It's not something that you would do. And it's the same thing with an argument with a husband is, or your children, you know, if they want to go hiking and you're not a hiker, just try it because you never know. And I think that that, um, that is a valuable lesson and it's hard. It's hard to let go and be a different personality, let's say. But I think that's where the beautiful things arise. Um, Absolutely. Um, living with, with my husband all these years, I was sort of like my mother. We do this, this, and this. And, you know, on Saturday night, we can go out. I've learned to buckle my seat on the roller coaster ride of life. And we might be going up. We might be going down. We might take a turn right or left. Putting yourself out there, those adventures you would never experience unless you said yes. And we also have a saying, we meaning Clelia and the one thing girls, you know, unless it's a hell yes, it's a no. But sometimes we don't even realize what opportunities will arise by saying yes. And so I have said yes. I'm learning to say no a little bit more, but um, there, there, there's adventures and waiting. And we need to embrace that, especially after being in lockdown for 14 months. Stay tuned for our next episode.